Celeste, I know you're a dreamer, and I know you like to live in your head, but what in your wildest dreams would make you think I would leave my firm, one of the most prestigious in Chicago, to come work for what is basically a startup? Because I have the one thing I know you want. What? Can't even guess? I can't even begin to guess. I'm happy where I am. Baseball commissioner. the one thing George W. Bush wanted more than the presidency. Don't play games with me. I'm not. The league's our biggest client. The commissioner's getting on in years. He needs a successor. The successor's gonna come from our firm. You know baseball. You know the law. Good morning and welcome to episode 598 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com which could tell you that Yunel Escobar went from a plus 15 defensive rating two years ago to minus 24 last year. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland. Hi, Ben. Hi. What do you think about that? Can't tell you why he went from plus whatever it was to minus whatever it was, which I was trying to find out as I was just writing about him earlier. Do you uh, come to any, uh, do you have at least a hypothesis other than uh, one year fluke? The uh, old, the old effectively is. wild standby? <laughs> yep, I'm cautiously confident that he was worse at defense. Uh, by f- uh, fielding runs above average, which is uh, baseball prospectus, uh, defensive metric, he went from plus six to minus 14. So <laughs> that is not quite a 40 run drop, but it is a 20 run drop if you're paying close attention. His rating in the fan scouting report barely changed. I yeah, don't know I, what I that means. A... That's only like it's 25 people who voted on what they thought Yunel Escobar looked like last year. But often I... that tracks with the stats, possibly because it's influenced <laughs> by the stats. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, by UZR from min- uh, from plus 11 to minus 11. Yeah. Uh, in those same two. He I... was like He was two wins below average and one win below Derek Jeter, which is worse. I think <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I uh, I like the the fan scouting report a lot. I also think though that uh, when I have filled it out, which I do every year, mm-hmm. I fill it out for whichever team I followed most closely. It is like the hardest thing in the world to distance myself from what I already know the numbers to say. Yeah, it is very difficult, and uh, so I would guess as just a hypothesis without having checked this. I would guess that there is, at best, a one-year lag for uh, mm-hmm. players doing poorly. So, like, I would guess that Yunel Escobar's stats next year might be quite a bit worse uh, in the defensive, uh, in the fans' scouting report. Mm-hmm. Could be. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Just hypothesis. No evidence. No. No research whatsoever. Very reliably plus defensive before that. Yeah. Oh, well, our friend R.J. Anderson says that he looked slower when he was watching the race, as he does last year. Mm. Could be RJ's fault. So Could be <laughs> could RJ be. was watching. Observer bias, somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so um, <clears throat> do you have any banter before we get back to what we were just saying? Well, Ryan LaVarnway was designated for assignment again. We haven't talked a, about that. I don't um, understand. Is that a thing that we talk about? We once talked about Casper Wells, being designated for assignment by a bunch of teams. What was yeah. it, two off seasons ago? And now Lavarnway is the new Casper Wells. So he was over the weekend DFA'd by yet another team, his fourth team of the off season. 
So he was DFA'd by the Red Sox, claimed by the Dodgers, DFA'd by the Dodgers, claimed by the Cubs, waived by the Cubs, claimed by the Orioles, DFA'd <laughs> by the Orioles. <laughs> wow. An eventful offseason for him. Not Yeah, not inconsequential teams either. The Cubs, Red Sox, and Dodgers are like three of the five teams with the with the richest baseball history. <laughs> sure. He's really had a tour of. Now he's Cooper part Stan. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. So, uh, so the so he'll get it. Let's see. So the Red Sox were the starting one, right? Yes. But they they DFA'd him or they traded him. They all of these are DFAs. Yeah, I don't know if any of the DFAs were followed by trades. Let me see. I think I think not. Yeah, selected off waivers. They're mm-hmm. all selected off waivers. So he'll get a fifth team. And the first one was December 5th. So these have all happened in the last uh, month and a week. Mm-hmm. So in, in just 35 days, 37 days, he has been on four teams and will be on a fifth any day now. Yep. <laughs> you want to, you wanna, shall we do a quick, a quick one? Who ends up with Ryan LaVarnway? <laughs> the I have o- one. I've Oakland got A's. one. I'll say the Giants. Okay. It's like hot potato. No one wants to get stuck with him. The Orioles seem like a team that would. I guess. Well, I guess the Orioles pick up in DFA more more players than anybody. Mm-hmm. So in that in that sense, it makes sense. They're not a team that you would immediately think would be interested in a spare third baseman, but uh, it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll bring him back. They they DFA'd Steve Pierce, right? And they brought him back. All right. Well, uh, Ryan LaVarnway, welcome to Effectively Wild's (laughs) Hall of Inside Jokes. Yep. Uh, Once you enter, you never leave. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else? Oh, I just discovered that erotic Billy Bean fan fiction exists. Send it. I don't really want to talk about that. Send it. Send it. (laughs) Send it. You want to just read it Send in it. real time? Now, I would I would say though that erotic Billy Bean fan fiction would have to refer to him as William Bean. I don't think you can be erotic about a man named Billy. I think it would have to be William Bean. <laughs> William Bean. William well, Bean. I was writing a line. About... Bean Billy. Bean? No, no, not Bean Billy. Send it. Okay, I will send it in a second. I was I've got to find it again. I had hmm. closed it and hoped never to see it again. How did you, <laughs> was this a Reddit find? Or? No, I was I was writing a, a reaction to the the Zobris trade, and I had a line about how the A's acquiring Zobris seemed like something that you would see in like bad Billy Bean fan fiction or something. Like he's the most predictable A's player, that like the most likely guy to have been on the a's who had never been on the oh a's, my so. gosh so i just billy relationship <laughs> billy bean theo epstein you, <laughs> you buried the lead this is theo epstein erotic fan fiction it's both at the same time so i googled billy bean fan fiction <laughs> just to see and by the way no one if you're listening at work don't google billy bean fan fiction from a shared computer wait till you get home somewhere where you can erase your browser history and not have it monitored by someone in IT. But it is, uh, it's an opus. It's longer than anything I've ever written. It's over 33,000 words. Oh my word. I pasted it into a Word document and it was 93 pages long. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And it gets pretty steamy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hang on. (laughs) I'm going to just control F a few words. Oh, there it is. They'll be there. There it is. Oh, there it is. It's there. (laughs) It's there 25 times. Oh, my 
Rose. There it is. I didn't think that word would be there. <laughs> and there it is. All the words there it are is. there. Wow. <laughs> Let me. This won't be there. Nope, it's not. Uh. <laughs> There's oh like, like Peter Peter Woodfork is in there. It's like oh the guy God. who works for the commissioner's office. I don't a know. Guy anybody. Na- wait, wait. A guy named Peter Woodfork would be in a erotic <laughs> fan fiction about two GMs. Yeah, I guess so. Well, he's often mentioned as a GM candidate, but it's it's uh, based on the comments. It was very well received. <laughs> it, I'm not even going to double entendre a response to that. <laughs> Uh yes. Yeah, wow, so this is filthy. Quite a find. It is. <laughs> it's <is> filthy. <laughs> I do like that, that it does show uh, appreciation for the sensuality of coffee. I also find my morning <laughs> coffee to be very sensual. Uh-huh. I like. You know what I like about this is that it works the transit the transactions that each GM makes into the narrative. Mm-hmm. It just will suddenly have a transaction log. It's clearly written by someone who is. He was Loves quite knowledgeable baseball. about baseball. Yeah, it is. God, this is amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so. Eric Eric Chavez uh, beat up Billy Bean in this fan fiction. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. Oh, you didn't read the whole thing? No, I would have needed the whole day. Let's see. I want to see how many times this word appears. Oh, 25 times. <laughs> That's the word I, <laughs> I figured you were checking. <laughs> And there's a synonym of that word that appears like there are seven thousands times. of cinnamon. Another cinnamon. one that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. done forever. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so where were we? <laughs> right here. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not ready to move on. All right, closing this tab, done. It's good idea. Closing this chat window, (laughs) done as close. Closing this Skype tab. What number are we on? 598. Good morning, and welcome to episode 598 of Effectively Wild, a podcast from Baseball Perspective. Brought to you by the Planet X of Baseball Reference. I'm Uh... Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh of Pantland. Hi, Ben. How are you? Hey there. (laughs) Any any banter? Nope. Let's go straight to the topic. All right. Oh, my gosh. The topic is Billy Bean. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> Purely, strictly his on-field transactions. Uh, so, uh, no, seriously, though, we uh, we should talk about this trade. Because uh, this is, in a way, uh, I guess if you're, if you're stat head dogmatic, you might say this is the biggest trade of the offseason, right? Uh, in In the sense that... There's like two well, stat head teams and and a stat head player. I was gonna say in the sense that Zobrist is the best player who's been traded, but now that I think about it, Josh Donaldson yeah uh, would be a bigger deal anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Zobrist has been, um, uh, you know, kind of a a top ten, top fifteen player over the last five years. You don't expect players like that. Higher. High, well, top, yeah, top two, possibly. top three over the last six years. Possibly, which is part of the conversation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he got traded. Uh, just in case you haven't been following, the Oakland A's uh, acquired Ben Zobrist and Yunel Escobar for John Jaso, Daniel Robertson, and Herschel Boog Powell, uh, as well as cash considerations. Did this trade uh, change? Um, let me rephrase this. 
clearly this trade changes what you think about the A's offseason. Does it change what you think about the A's offseason up to that point? I kind of always assumed that at some point what the A's were doing would become clear and that it would be this. I mean, I, I figured after the Donaldson deal, which was confusing in isolation, that it was a prelude to other deals that would return the A's to somewhere close to contention. Why? 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 Why wouldn't they just keep Josh Donaldson? Well, I I sort of understood trading Donaldson. I didn't know whether they got enough back for him, but just in the sense that he's coming off a couple great years. He is older than you would think Donaldson would be. He's a super two He's going to start getting expensive in arbitration and then even more expensive thereafter. We, we talked about this at the time. I, I know, but we did. But he's also much younger than Zobrist, and Super 2 is much better than, you know, seven years of service time and one year until free agency. I mean, there's nothing— Sort of, except Zobrist is only making $7.5 Yeah, but Donald's is making less than that this year. Like, right, everything that now. you would say about Zobrist for this year— Don, you know, Donaldson is is better than that. I mean, I'm not saying like there's nothing wrong with trading one player for a bunch of stuff, and then trading a bunch of stuff for a player if each of those moves ha- contains within it profit. But there's nothing about Ben Zobris that is more appealing than Josh Donaldson, right? So no. So so the question still comes back to why would they trade Josh Donaldson unless you think profit in each move? And so do you think there was looking back? Do you think there was profit in the Josh Donaldson move? In isolation, no, but they did save some money on it, and they got a shortstop who maybe made them more comfortable about trading Robertson in this mm-hmm. deal, mm-hmm. so it sort of fits in. I mean, I this this one move is not at all surprising, I don't think. Like, if, they, if the A's had made this Zobrist-Escobar trade the day after the World Series, it still would have been a big deal because it's a, a big player. But it wouldn't have been surprising at all that the A's entered the offseason with no middle infield, essentially. They, they kind of needed a second baseman and a shortstop. They've been connected to both of these players before. They, they claimed Escobar on waivers last year, didn't end up getting him, but, but talked about getting him. And they've been connected to Zobrist in the past. And, and there's no more... A's suitable player than Ben Zobris for for many reasons. He he fits like every stereotype that you could make about an A's player. He plays every position and he switch hits and he walks a lot. He does all the A's things. So loves to pay for his own sodas. <laughs> Famous A's stereotype. Ben Zobris is just constantly walking around buying soda. Doesn't even drink soda, maybe. Just yeah, likes so, to give money in the machines. So, likes the mechanics of it. So if they had made this move without those other moves happening, I don't think this would have surprised anyone. We would have just assumed, well, the A's were a good team and still still planning to be a good team. And they've been trading prospects for veterans for years now. This is what they do. They just traded a better shortstop prospect less than six months ago. So no one would be surprised that they just traded another pretty good shortstop prospect. So it's only surprising in that They've kind of zigged and zagged, and they've looked like a a seller at some points and a buyer at other points. And so now there's this move that is clearly focused on 
2015 and it's like a throwback to their their old moves that they started making before the the recent moves that were kind of confusing uh throwback to uh, what do you mean well, it's a throwback it's like a throwback to their their moves that they were making before the trading before the prospects. recent ones yeah trading, trading prospects, prospects yeah. or veterans although never any, never or... yeah never anybody as good as zobrist i mean zobrist is the best player well they probably. traded for lester they traded for yeah they traded for lester but a zobrist is probably better than lester and b yeah i guess you could say they traded for lester but i think you could maybe argue that Zobris is the best player that Billy Bean has ever acquired that was not uh, drafted by Billy Bean. Uh-huh. Uh, so in in that sense, it's a little bit new. Uh, but you're right. It's This is what they've done. They've traded. Uh, they've basically traded every prospect they've had over the last three years uh, for players who um, are pre-free agency. Uh, Zobris mm-hmm. is the closest to free agency of that group. But nonetheless, he is way under underpaid way underpaid because even though he is uh one year away from free agency he is under a long extension that he signed that include a bunch of club options and as is tampa bay's tendency those club options were extremely friendly to the club so the contract is amazing oh my (laughs) gosh people talk about the longoria contract all the time people talk about like matt moore's contract this was even better i know like so good i remember thinking the rays are never gonna lose because they had that Longoria deal on the Zobris deal. The Zobris deal is incredible. Zobris right? signed this extension in April of 2010, a five-year extension. And that was after his 2009 year, which was his best season. He was like an eight or nine win player that year, something like that. And then he signs this deal that has paid him like $5 million a year ever since then. Or yeah. $7 million last year, seven and a half this coming year. It's incredible. It really is incredible. I wonder... I wonder why. I don't know. Everyone has always underrated Ben Zobris, right? So maybe he's underrated himself. Maybe he looked at his numbers and thought he wasn't very good. It's actually, he. so the first year was only, he was making the minimum. The first year of this deal, he was making the minimum. Mm-hmm. Although, on you're right, on average, it's $5 million. Uh, Alan Nero, a real, uh, real agent, too. Like, this is not one of those ones where you can say, oh, well, blame it on the agent, mm-hmm. you know. Because there is that there is that kind of accusation that when some of these guys sign the deals, the agent is just sort of half afraid of losing his client to a bigger agent. Yeah, Alan Nero is the bigger agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what were we talking about? Uh, Billy Bean. Oh yeah. So okay. So let me ask you this then: Does the Brandon Moss deal look better or worse to you now that you've seen the Ben Zobras deal, or equal? I mean, I don't know the. The Samarja and Moss deals never really bothered me or or seemed all that unexpected. I mean, the A's have always traded guys who were approaching free agency to get salary relief and prospects, and and they seemed to get a good deal back for Samarja, and Moss was going to make, I, I don't remember, soberest money or, or more um, for a lot less production. So I didn't think... That was all that strange. The the stranger thing was Donaldson, who's, you know, their best player and a guy who's four years away from free agency. And then Derek Norris, who is younger than Donaldson and cheaper than Donaldson and just as far away from free agency. Those were the weird ones, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to get to those two, but you jumped ahead. OK, so uh, so my I think as I recall and I don't recall all that well, but I think as I recall 
my take was a bit hotter than yours. I think I found the A's uh, suite of moves to have been uh, very dispiriting mm-hmm. uh, because they seemed like a, a really good team that had torn down. And while I didn't begrudge them that or blame them for that because I assume they have to do what they have to do, it struck me as depressing uh, that a team that seemed to be this good would have to, because of financial reasons and uh, structural inequalities, have to do this thing to tear down a team that I frankly enjoyed quite a bit. Um, do you think that I was uh, uh, too quick on the draw to make that conclusion? Was this, in fact, an offseason dedicated to getting better? Or is it still fair to say that they did get somewhat worse? I think they got a little bit worse, but I think they also got a little bit cheaper and a little bit younger and a little bit deeper in some ways and possibly a little more future proof. So I think I think they did get a little bit worse. I don't think it the team that they had entering the offseason was really a lock for anything assuming that they weren't going to bring back Lester and yeah. and Gregerson and Lowry yeah. and all their free agents I didn't Hamill. think yeah Hamill um I didn't think they were that much better then than they are now I think I, I like in my in my piece I added up I just did a table where I took the the five prominent guys that they've traded and the five prominent guys that they've traded for and when you add it up, uh, the guys who they traded were 12 team control years. The guy that they traded for are 14. The average age of the out guys is 29.4. Average age of the in guys is 28.6. The salary of the in guys is about $6 million less. And the projected win total of the in guys is about... 1.5 wins less or fewer mm-hmm. so and that in doesn't total. for for this year or for all for that's team? for 2015 right okay. the win total at least and that doesn't even count all of the other sort of depth enhancing right. stuff right. that you, they did okay. all of the the back of the rotation like tommy malone drew Pam Flag- pomeranz types flagler or whatever his name is oh uh fegley Fag- fegley and, yes, uh, Braveman and Sean and Nolan and Sean Nolan and Joe Wendell and uh, and and Flager, Flagerly. <laughs> yeah, I can't forget him. Um, all uh, those guys that the Bassett. Je- yes, Chris Bassett. Um, Naming them all. Uh, <laughs> did you count? Uh, did you count? But so, who were your five? Who who were the five that you're counting? Just so I'm clear. Uh, five out were Donaldson, Samarja, Moss, Norris, and Jaso. And five in were Zobris, Laurie, Ike Davis, who was actually purchased. I don't know whether that's, a, that's technically a trade or not. Uh, I include him. You would include I would him? Not. I would not. Okay. Well, I did. Um, and uh, two other guys, uh, Simeon and Escobar. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I don't. So it, so we all the guys we named Fagley and the rest. Uh, uh, and also Joe Wendell mm-hmm. uh, are all in. I'm just trying to now get a sense of who the who this who the group of uh, depth and or prospect guys coming in and out are. So mm-hmm. all the guys you named plus Wendell and 
Uh, I honestly don't even remember who they got for Derek Norris. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, just going to say Casey Kelly because he was a Padre. Uh, they got RJ oh, Alvarez, Alvarez right. and Jesse Hahn. Yes. Uh, and so they got those guys. And they got, of course, uh, Barreto, who's mm-hmm. the either the, the best or the uh, youngest, however yeah. you want to phrase it, of the bunch. Uh, and uh, in exchange, who they as far as youth that they gave up, they gave up Robertson. Yeah. And uh, they, they gave up Boog Herschel Powell. Uh-huh. And did they give up any other young guys? Uh, Michael Anoa. Yeah, Anoa went somewhere. And uh, that's pretty much it. So you'd that's have to it. say that on the young side they win. Yeah, I think and so. And so uh, that's, uh, I'll have to admit, Ben, that's surprising to me. Because when you, when you do add it up, Looks pretty good. It looks at yes. least at least like a push. At least like a push. And you could understand the the desire to to do action after yeah. last year. And if you have a desire to do ash, action and you end up no worse and potentially better, uh, that's a solid off season. So yeah, I uh, I will um, uh, reconsider my career. <laughs> okay, you could still quibble with some of the individual moves. I'm sure if you want to still say that they didn't get enough for Donaldson. You could make that case if you want to say that Billy Butler won't rebound or is a weird way to spend $30 million over three years, then maybe you can make that case too. But you I think... Counted, you counted Jaso as an outgoing? I did, yeah. yeah. And Jaso and was very expendable after the, after the Butler signing because uh-huh. at this point his concussions, I would imagine, will keep him from catching. So he's... A DH and they didn't need one anymore um, and and they've got uh, lots of that depth that they love to have I mean they've got players they've got multiple players for seemingly every position again um, I don't even know where all these guys are going to play between Escobar and Zobrist and Simeon and I don't know who else they've just got redundancy everywhere so it seems like the overall strategy, which at times was kind of a mystery, has become clear, and they are still in the realm of contention. So I wonder whether this sort of thing is going to become more common. Because I wonder if this maybe, kind of thing being what uh, this this sort trading, of trading seven moves and thirty five players moving <laughs> just to get Unel Escobar at shortstop. Because my that's my theory. My theory is that they didn't have a shortstop, and they're like, how can we get a shortstop? They zeroed in on Unel Escobar, and then they did thirty five red paper clip moves to turn nothing into Unel Escobar. <laughs> that might be, but I mean, this kind of rebuilding strategy where you are not doing the teardown. You are kind of doing this two-pronged balancing act rebuild where you are making present-oriented transactions and you are also making future-oriented transactions at the same time. Uh, like you're you're fighting a war on two fronts kind of, like today and tomorrow at the same time. And I wonder that whether is the worst strategy <laughs> that is every every general well, would tell you you don't want to fight a war on two fronts. Right, but I wonder whether now you kind of do because you have. Uh, this is going to bleed into what we talked about on Friday with the the ten playoff yeah. team format. But if you 
are in this situation where you know that you need 80-something wins to just be in contention. And and someone brought up something which we probably didn't talk enough about on Friday, and you, you mentioned it in your article, but uh, how the, they're still considerable incentive to win your division it, yeah it makes sense to try to win your division but i wonder whether it's still i mean having getting 80 something wins even if that just makes you a wild card contender there's still more incentive to do that than there was before you're still if not guaranteed of a wild card spot you're at least close to guaranteed of contending and maybe keeping fans interested enough to keep coming to the ballpark down the stretch and and buying popcorn and watching you on TV and everything. So maybe just getting to like 80-something is enough to avoid a depressing stretch at the end of the year where no one comes to your games, and maybe that in itself is is valuable. So, right. so Ben, mm-hmm. I'm going to change the subject real quick based on what you just said. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to segue. Okay. But before I do, Phil Ivey has unfollowed me. Oh, really? Huh. He has, yeah. Is he on a unfollowing binge? He only follows 500 people now, and one of them is Don Cheadle. <laughs> oh. Huh. I can't compete with that. In fact, almost uh, at least half the people he follows have blue check marks. Yeah, he so. unfollowed me too. I think I'm going to do a retaliatory unfollow. <laughs> you <laughs> you do not. <laughs> I never really wanted to follow Phil Ivy. I was just doing it to be nice. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so let's say way Ben. Okay. Uh, because I want to ask you about the other team in this deal. Are they? What are they doing? Are they playing for eighty wins? Is this? I think. A, yeah. I think is this a could... trade that keeps them? Uh, that that te- that sells off something for value while also because otherwise. The question that I think some people have had is why why get John Jay so otherwise? Mm-hmm. Uh, so are they are the Rays? What do you what do you what do you think the Rays fancy themselves this year? Because they have they've made what seven trades since uh, Friedman left, and it seems like all of them have brought back a package that is maybe this one a little bit less than the others, but even still a little bit that is defined by uh, kind of low ceiling. Uh, useful now sort of return uh, mm-hmm. guys that uh, if you're if you're pessimistic or if you're uh, ungenerous you might describe as uh, depth or quad a or fourth outfielder types in a lot of cases mm-hmm. uh, if you're more generous you'd say guys who are going to contribute reliably uh, without um, you know not necessarily the sort of guys that you'd You'd get if you were building for 2017 or 2018, but mm-hmm. maybe you'd find them useful if you were building for 2015. Mm-hmm. Are are the Rays building? Is building a verb that you can use to describe <laughs> what the Rays are doing right now? I think it's not totally dissimilar from what the A's are doing. I, I it seems like it's part of this same same strategy. How can two broke teams that are almost <laughs> identical in every way? have the same priorities and make a trade like why wouldn't ben zobrist fit on the rays if he fits on the a's they're the same team um the way you're describing him yeah uh i don't know 
<laughs> it kind of doesn't make sense because the the Rays just signed Astrubal Cabrera also, and he's just on a one year deal. And then maybe they'd be ready to to plug Daniel Robertson in. But you could also sort of say the same thing about the A's that that they would have been. I guess they needed a stopgap. They needed someone for this year and yeah. didn't didn't have one. And the Rays have Franklin. Uh, yeah, the Rays have Franklin and Cabrera, mm-hmm. so I guess I guess that would be why. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Rays have—I don't know. I, when was the last time the Rays had like a, a productive DH? They never seem to be able to do that. So maybe Jaso will be that for them. But yeah, they've done the same sort of thing. They traded Will Myers, which is just a—that's a weird one. That's as weird as. Donaldson and Norris, maybe weirder, probably weirder than that. Um, and yet they got Sousa back, and they've got R- Rene Rivera back, a 31-year-old catcher was like one of the centerpieces of that deal. So I don't know. It's uh, it's sort of hard to say. And when they traded Price, they got Franklin and Smiley, a couple guys who were ready right away. So it seems to me that they are doing something similar so, so I wonder whether that will be more common and whether we just won't see any other teams embark on an Astros or Cubs-style rebuild. Which... Oh, my gosh. Two months and you're declaring the <laughs> end of a trend? Two months, Ben? I'm just wondering. They're currently involved in it. <laughs> but they started before the current playoff format. I'm uh, I'm not ready to declare the end of Astros and Cubsness, although it would be nice if they... It would be nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. I thought it was a pretty good episode, considering we didn't have anything to add. Uh-huh. Really. Well, we've done a few episodes on the A's this this winter. I mean, they've forced us to reevaluate their offseason three or four times, so hopefully this will be the last time. What are the odds that Ben Zobris gets traded before... <laughs> I read that somewhere, right? That as soon as the A's acquired yeah, Zobrist, Susan, a bunch of teams started. <laughs> Susan yeah, Slusser said that. Susan yeah. Slusser said that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if Billy Bean traded anyone, but I would be pretty close to shocked if that happened. Yeah. I wrote about it, Grantland, if anyone wants to go read about that. But I think we have covered it fairly well. End of the show. Yeah, I was just thinking about Billy Bean ver- uh, double entendre about <laughs> every word you said. If you think of anything, let me know. That's what she said. Mm. No? no? Is that not what she said? <laughs> I don't know why it would be. All right, so that's it for today. Send us some emails for later in this week at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Effectively Wild. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes and support our sponsor by going to baseballreference.com and subscribing to the Play Index using the coupon code BP.